0: Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. All right. Good morning, everyone. Woo! Good to be back. And uh, welcome to Coastal Community Church. For those of you uh, who are watching online from home, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We are back after 11 weeks and almost three months of uh, uh, being online only. We are back in the building. I have missed you. I've missed you, and some of you are still wearing pajamas. No, Um, great to see you. Uh, It's awesome. Uh, Now, for those of you who are not here yet in the building, uh, don't worry. And I do want to say this loud and clear. Uh, We completely understand uh, we're going to keep providing an, an excellent online worship experience in fact if anything over the last several months we've improved our online worship experience amen we really have we've invested uh thousands of dollars countless hours yeah they've done a great job in fact check out all these cool shots of pastor chris now Woo! can you see that i don't know anyway uh, pretty impressive right now you're all sick i know those of you especially watching online um but uh, I'm very thankful for our tech team and all those who have worked so very hard uh, to, to do what we do each week in and week out. Um, but I also want you to know, uh, those of you who are watching online, and, and I know that those who are here can attest to this, uh, that we really are trying to go um, above and beyond, uh, out of our way to do everything that we can uh, to help provide a safe and comfortable atmosphere. And today really is just step one. That's all it is, just step one in the process of people beginning to feel comfortable uh, being back together. So whenever you are ready to take that step, uh, we are ready for you to join us. Now today, I am excited because we are kicking off uh, one of our favorite sermon series that we do here at Coastal. Uh, We've been doing this for a number of years now. Uh, It's called At the Movies. Now, even though uh, nobody is going to the theaters right now uh, to watch movies, lots and lots of people have been watching movies from home. Now, in fact, do me a favor. Everybody raise Raise your hand uh, if you've seen at least one movie during the last 11 weeks from home. Raise your hand. Yeah, just about everybody has watched a movie. Now, parents, uh, raise your hand if you've seen one movie. 200 times, uh, like Frozen 2, uh, over the last 11 weeks. Uh, In fact, if you're watching online, do me a favor right now in the comment section. Just leave us a comment about maybe a movie that you would recommend that you've seen uh, over these last 11 weeks from home. Now, you might not know this, especially those of you who are new to our church, uh, but our property here, okay, 460 Arlington Drive, actually used to be a drive-in movie theater. That's true. Uh, back in the '40s, uh, and before we built this building, uh, this used to be a field, and you could actually still see the rolls in the hills uh, where the cars would park for the drive-in movie theater. Now, why, you know, why do a sermon series and using using movies? Well, without a doubt, uh, the people in our world today have a love affair with movies. I mean, I do. I love the movies. Uh, And in fact, I would go as far to say that a lot of people today get what they believe about life, God, uh, spirituality uh, from the movies they watch and the music that they listen to. Now, I'm not saying they get it right. I, I I don't, for the most part, I don't think they do, but through Movies and music. The people in our world, in our day, uh, they're asking questions. You know, they're raising issues. Now, I think that's good news, because the good news for us is that we actually have the answers. But typically, we go to all these extremes. You know, so instead of imitating, or condemning, or ignoring the culture and the world around the, around us. Why not seek to engage the culture? Why not seek to have a conversation? Why not seek to, you know, to answer questions and to talk? That's exactly what Jesus did. And I think we should follow in his footsteps. So, for the next six weeks, we're going to take a look at real life truth that is raised and looked at from recent or current movies uh, that you can watch from home. Now, do not mistake or confuse what's going to happen in the next six weeks. Pastor Chris is not going to be preaching uh, from the movies themselves, Uh, okay? The movies are really just a quick setup, that's all they are, just a hook, just a springboard to engage the culture and to continue the conversation. Uh, We're going to do what we always do at Coastal, and that is point people to Jesus and open up God's Word and boldly proclaim the truth. So let's get started. How many of you did see the new Star Wars movie that came out this past year, The Rise of Skywalker? I talked to somebody before the service who would actually never seen one Star Wars movie. But for everybody else, you know that Star Wars is actually an American movie franchise uh, created by George Lucas depicting the adventures of all these various uh, characters and creatures and people from a long time ago in a galaxy where... Far, far away. Right, very good. Uh, The series actually began, get this, in 1977. Anybody remember when it first came out? 43 years ago. It became a worldwide pop culture phenomenon. Now, depending on uh, what list you look at, the Star Wars series, again, made up of these nine movies, is the second highest grossing film of all time for a combined worldwide box office uh, revenue of over $9 billion, $9 billion. Now, can anybody name uh, the number one highest grossing film franchise of all time? The Avengers. The Avengers is number one. Uh, Star Wars, number two. Number three is Harry Potter. I heard Harry Potter. Number four, you probably will not guess, James Bond because there's like, you know, a hundred of those, and they started back in the 60s. But um, there are all kinds of spiritual themes in the Star Wars movies, and I could go a lot of different directions and talk about a lot of different things today, things like sacrifice and revenge and friendship and good versus evil. They're all obvious themes interwoven throughout this series. But today, there's one particular theme that kind of stands out to me, and one that I think happens to be very, very relevant for the discussion today, for the conversation today as we engage our culture. And that's this theme of unity. Unity. I mean, think about it. In almost every Star Wars movie, especially this last one, there is this epic battle between good and evil. And not until all of these you know very strange and peculiar looking people and creatures from all these different galaxies, not until they all join forces with the resistance and fight together as one are they able to stand up to and defeat evil it's their, their one prayer you know it's, it's their one last last hope and What I want you to hear loud and clear today is that is Jesus' hope for you and me. In fact, it was his one prayer that we would be united, that we would recognize and celebrate our differences, but that we would rise up and and join together with the resistance, right? And, And as one people, resist and fight evil in all of its forms. In fact, in John chapter 17, we're actually given an opportunity to to eavesdrop uh, on a prayer that Jesus prayed before he was crucified. So you know this is a a big deal. This is important. Look at verse 20. In fact, before I read it, let me say this. You might actually say, yeah, but Pastor Chris, I mean, come on, this is something that Jesus prayed like 2,000 years ago. What does it really have to do with us today? Okay, well, good question. Let's look what Jesus said. Verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. Okay, in other words, he's talking about his disciples that were there physically with him at that time. In other words, he says, okay, what I'm about to pray, this is not just for these guys, not just for them alone. He says, I pray also for those, listen to this, who will believe in me through their message, So who is he praying there for? For those who will believe in me through their message. Guess what? That's you. That's you. That's you. That's me. It it is, it's anybody who believes in Jesus today. He he prayed for us 2,000 years ago. So what did Jesus pray? What was on his heart? What was he passionate about? Well, I don't have time today to unpack the entire 17th chapter of John, but I do want to zero in on one particular part of Jesus's prayer for our purposes today. Listen to verses 21 through 23. Again, he sets it up. I pray that all of them may be what? What does he say? May be. Okay, you're going to have to do better than that because, like, I've been preaching to an empty room for like 11 weeks. So you've got to talk back to me. Let's do it again. I pray that all of them may be what? What does he say? Wow, that that felt so good. That felt so good. Uh, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me that they may be what? What's he say? One. As we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete what? Unity. Unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wow. So what is Jesus passionate about? What's on his heart here? What does he pray? Well, he prays for our unity. Unity. That we would be one. In fact, get this, he is so passionate about it that Jesus actually uses his relationship, the relationship within the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as kind of an illustration of the kind of of unity, the kind of community that we are to have with, with each other. That's basically what Jesus is praying here. He says, okay, God, give them that kind of unity that they would be one as, as we, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are one. Wow. Now, why? Why in the world is that so important to Jesus? Well, one of the reasons is for our protection. Our protection. You might not have thought about this before, but you know, think about it this way. How many of you have heard of the, you know, the well-worn battle strategy, divide and what? Conquer. Divide and conquer. We all have. Now, the reason we're familiar with it is because we know it works. Well, remember Jesus said in John 10.10 that the enemy came to do three things, basically. Steal, kill, and destroy. And one of his proven strategies is to divide and conquer. And I want you to hear me loud and clear today. That is exactly what we are still allowing the evil one to do in our world today. Through this virus, through politics, through racism, divide and conquer. And it's working. It's working. Now, I think we need to be crystal clear about who the real enemy is. Okay, let's be clear. Ephesians 6, 10-12, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the who? The devil. Listen to this. For we are not fighting against, no, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Guys, listen, it's obvious. Satan is our enemy. Satan is our common enemy. Not Donald Trump, not Joe Biden, not Obama, not Bush, not the conservative right, not the liberal left, not the protesters, not the looters, not the police, not the LGBTQ, not someone of another race, not the media. Don't you see? We, okay? Followers of Jesus, we have allowed Satan, our real enemy, to use politics, a virus, race, social media, to divide and conquer us, to divert us, to distract us from our real mission. In fact, that leads me to, I think, another reason why Jesus prayed for our unity, for our mission. We have a common enemy, but we also have a common purpose. In fact, notice twice in these verses, Jesus connects our unity to the world coming to a saving knowledge of the truth. Look back at the end of verse 21. May they also be in us so that what? The world may believe you sent me. And then at the end of verse 23 again, he says, may we be brought to complete unity. Why? Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Oh my goodness, wow. I mean, the implications of this are staggering. It's kind of like Jesus is saying, hey, church, listen up. Okay, we, we all know you know, that John 3.16 is true, but this is how the world will know it's true. They will, be actually, they will actually be able to see it in how you love one another and how you treat each other. In the relationships that you have. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus meant when he told his disciples back in John 13. Listen to this. So now I am giving you a new commandment love each other. Just as I have loved you, think about that sacrificial, unconditional love. Just as Jesus has loved you, you, we should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to who the world, that you are my disciples. Now here at Coastal, we talk an awful lot about reaching this world for Christ. I mean, we believe in that. We believe that's our calling. We believe that's our mission. Well, it's as though right here, Jesus is telling us one of the the major ways in which that happens. Jesus is saying, this, this is what will draw people to me. Here's how people will know that you're one of mine, that you're a follower of mine. Not because you eat at Chick-fil-A. Not because you, you got a little bumper sticker or a little fish on the back of your car. Not by holding up a Bible in front of a church for a photo op. Or by posting the perfectly worded post on social media so that you could get the most shares and the most likes. And by the way, let me say this. I also don't believe that the litmus test for being a Christian is how you vote in this upcoming or any election. Listen, I know Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christians who are Democrats. I know Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christians who are Republicans. I mean, the real miracle is that I know Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christians who are Gamecock fans. Now, Or Georgia, anyway. um, But listen, none of that, don't don't you see? None of that is how people are gonna know that we're the real deal. What did Jesus say? Jesus said it's how we love. It's how we treat people. All people. You know, it's how we it's how we treat one another, love our fellow man that sets us apart from the rest of the world. Listen to it again. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I think that the question we all need to ask ourselves is this. Is it possible that our actions, attitudes, or words have pushed people farther away from Jesus? Let me be even more specific. Is it possible that the labels, names, and language that you have used on social media, have they done more damage to the cause of Christ? Is it possible for you to express your opinion without attacking people personally? If not, get off social media. By the way, I think that's a good idea for everybody from time to time. To periodically just fast, just get off social media and turn off the news. Now, I am not, I am not saying that as Christians we should put our head in the sand and pretend that there aren't problems in this world because there are. And there always have been. And there, there always will be. But what I am trying to say is that I think social media is is a great tool that can be leveraged for great and good things. I believe that. But like anything else, it can also be a corrosive, divisive, destructive, time-wasting tool that the real enemy is using to divert and distract us from our real mission. Don't you see... The very people that you're so bent on arguing with, who who just happen to disagree with your point of view, who might come at that issue from a different perspective, who may or may not even be believers yet, they're the object of God's affection. They're created in the image of God, and Jesus died for them, just like he died for you. Listen, I don't expect everybody to believe what I believe. And I definitely don't expect to be able to change their opinion on social media. You know, and not only that, I don't expect people, listen to this, to act like believers until they are believers, and even then, it's still just a process. You see, what I'm trying to say is that too many people today who claim to know Jesus, who call themselves Christians, are coming across, you know, in the world or to the world on social media, that it's more important than they vote like they do, instead that people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And by the way, no group has the market cornered on that kind of behavior. I mean, we're all guilty. Everybody's guilty of that. Liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican. Let me tell you something. I have been the pastor here for 30 years. And I can can stand before you and say this as, as the truth. In 30 years, you have never, never heard me promote a particular candidate or a political party from this pulpit. Now, don't get me wrong. I try to stay informed, I have opinions, and I vote. And I love this country, and I love those freedoms that we have. But as soon as I promote one candidate or one party over another, I potentially alienate an entire group of people. And and, and this is what I want you to see. Our job, our calling, our common calling is higher than that. And the last time I checked, in the Bible that I read, Our job, our collective job, is to make Jesus famous. It's to point people to him. Because we either believe that he truly is the only hope of this world, or we don't. And what I want you to see and understand is that as followers of Jesus, again, we have a higher calling. And it's that calling that is supposed to unite us. Guys, this is not our home. And we're just passing through. The time that we spend on this side of eternity is just a blink of the eye compared to the time on that side. I'm grateful, very grateful, for the freedoms of speech that we have in this country and all the other freedoms that are afforded to us. And I think we ought to use them and exercise them. But I just want you to understand that our highest calling is that we help people find freedom in Christ. Because he is the hope of this world. And when a church, when a people are united together around this mission of you know, sharing and experiencing and living out both the life and the love of Jesus, man, nothing, nothing can defeat us. Nothing can divide us. In fact, it was Jesus who said, I, I will build my church and all the powers of hell can't conquer it. I believe that. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says, listen to this, you ready? You and I are his ambassadors. What's that? That means that that you're you're God's representative to the watching world. Where where, Where you live, work, parent, and play, you are God's representative. You are called to be a voice for the voiceless, In fact, all through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the voice of God always represented God's power and God's presence. And so as followers of Jesus, we are to be God's voice in this world. We are to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. We are to speak up on the injustices of this world. We are God's representative of his power and of his presence. But listen to this. You and I have, have so much more power to truly influence this world than you ever imagined. Okay? You, your only influence is, is not a protest march every so often. It's not a, a single vote every few years. It's not a phone call to your congressman or senator. And listen, all those things are great. Man, we live in a country where we can do those things and you ought to do them. But what I want you to see is that your real influence is that you and I have access to the ho- to the same Holy Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. We have access to him 24-7 every single day. You weren't elected by people. You were chosen and appointed by God Almighty. You're not a nobody who can't make a difference or an impact in this world. You are a child of the King. You are a priest of the Most High God, the Bible says, His most treasured possession. You and I have been called out of darkness into his wonderful light that we might proclaim the goodness of God to the world. That's who you are. That's the access that you have, and that's what we've been called to do. Listen, stop living beneath your calling. Now, hear this today. Do you want to know what the easiest, the simplest, and yet I think the most effective way to be God's ambassador, God's representative in this world? Service. Service. It's our small acts of love and kindness done consistently over time that change this world. And and hear this. You see, it's then that we're most like Jesus. This, This is not one of the verses on the screen, but you know, Mark ten forty five. for even the son of man did not come to be served, but he, Jesus came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's when we're most like Jesus. And right now here at Coastal, we have this opportunity to unite together as one and to make an impact where we live, work, and play through something that we call summer of impact. At Coastal, let me tell you something. It could not come at a better time. Summer of Impact is where we as a church saturate our community and our city with the love of Jesus through simple acts of, of service. And one of, the, one of the ways in which we serve is through our partnerships with all these nonprofits all over Charleston. Organizations like the Low Country Food, Food Bank, Soldiers Angels, the Ronald McDonald House, South Carolina Strong, My Sister's House, Low Country Orphan Relief. And then we've got these ongoing projects here at Coastal where we prepare all these shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child for children all around the world where we feed and and, uh, help the the homeless and the hurting at at our North Charleston tailgate, which we just had a group of people do that yesterday. Um, uh, Restocking all of our blessing boxes all over Charleston with, with food and supplies. What I'm saying is that there are opportunities like this nearly every day of the month. This month of June, as we begin the summer, here at Coastal through Summer of Impact. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want everybody to do. By the way, you don't have to be a member of our church to participate and do this. But if you're a part of Coastal, if you call Coaster your home, I believe that every single person can do at least one thing. So go to our website, coastalcommunitychurch.org forward slash outreach. And just take a look at all these different opportunities. Find a project that's right for you and your family and sign up today. Listen, stop. Stop complaining on social media about how terrible the world is and actually get off your keister and do something about it. Do it. Listen, if you want to make a real difference in our community, in the world, this is it. You know, I truly believe that, again, everybody who calls Coastal Home can sign up and do at least one thing. Do it today. Now, before we sing our final song today, I actually want us to do the one thing that physically unites us together as a church. I want us to take communion together, the Lord's Supper. If you're watching this online, go ahead now and uh, gather those elements together. They could be anything. Uh, Juice, crackers, bread. Um, it It is the one act that unites us not just here at Coastal, but get this, with believers all around the world. Okay, now think about that. What I mean by that, and again, all through time and all around the world, believers who might not look the way you look, who might not talk the way you talk, who speak a different language. It is, it is this meal. You know, they, they might have a different life experience than you have, but in Christ, we're one. It's this meal that serves as a constant reminder that in Jesus Christ, none of those things really matter. You know, the only color that matters now is is red. Has has your life been covered with the blood of Christ? Have you you accepted Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior? Now, the elements of this meal are are very simple. And uh, if you're here in our building, uh, we have for you a, a prepackaged packaged uh, communion cup and wafer that's sitting right in the chair in front of you, in the little cup there on the uh, right-hand corner, I believe. So go ahead and, you know, you might have to stretch out a little bit or step forward and uh, go ahead and uh, pick up that cup. And you'll notice that uh, there's a seal, there's two seals, one on the top for the bread. And go ahead and unseal that top. And you can go ahead and take out the bread and go ahead and unseal uh, the next one so that you're prepared. Now again, if you're participating from home, uh, these symbols really could be anything, these elements. Uh, They represent something. The bread represents the body of Jesus. The cup, the juice, uh, the wine represents His blood. You don't have to be a member of our church to participate in this. Uh, The only requirement is that you're a believer, that you're a forgiven sinner. The Bible explains it this way. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it and gave it out to his disciples, his followers. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Coastal together as one. Let's now eat the bread. And then the Bible says, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Coastal together as one. Let's now drink the cup. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this meal, communion, that reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice and unites us together as one body, one family, one church. And Father, today we pray for peace in our community our nation, and our world. Father, open our eyes and our hearts to to see people, all people, the way you do. Open our ears and make us sensitive to the cries of injustice all around us. Open our mouths that we might be a voice for the voiceless, that we might speak up for injustice. And God, move our hands and our feet into action. That together, we might serve and love our fellow man. May we be a united church. May we be the people that you have called, sharing and experiencing the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. Until you call us home or come again, may you find us faithful. And if you're listening to my voice today, whether you're here in the building or whether you're watching online, if you are ready to give your life to Christ and place your faith in Him, pray something like this in your heart right now. Dear Heavenly Father, today, I admit it, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I believe that one has been provided, your Son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for me and my sin. I believe that he rose from the dead to conquer sin and death, and he is alive. And today, I place my faith and my trust in him and him alone. And I ask Jesus to come into my life, to be my Savior, and to be my Lord. And Father, for the rest of my life, I just want to follow Jesus. In his name I pray, amen, amen. Listen, if you prayed that simple prayer, if you took that one step of faith, our God has embraced you with open arms. He has welcomed you home as his adopted son or daughter, a part of his forever family. And so here's what I want you to do right now. If you made that decision, let us know about it. Um, on the back of your Connect card, or on your Connect card, on the back of it, if you're here in the building, uh, online, there's a little box that says, "I gave my life to Christ today." Again, whether you're here or you're watching this online, just let us know about your decision. We'd love to follow up with you and help you take some next steps in your journey of faith. In fact, one and very important next step is to get baptized. Uh, baptism is that that act of obedience where we go public with our faith. And uh, we're excited to announce that next Sunday afternoon, uh, June the 14th at Folly Beach County Park at 5 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, we're having a beach baptism. And it's always just one of the biggest celebrations of the year for us here at Coastal. Uh, if you'd like to participate, if you'd like to get baptized, let us know on that Connect card. You can sign up today. In fact, even if, you're, if you've already been baptized, man, we should invite everybody to come on out to the beach next Sunday afternoon and just celebrate with those uh, who are. But next Sunday, I want to close with this. Next Sunday is going to be a very powerful day. Not only are we having that beach baptism in the afternoon, but the movie that we're going to be using next week is this movie called Just Mercy. And uh, the subject that we're going to be talking about is racism. And what's interesting to me, the really cool thing is that the, this movie was already picked out. This subject matter was already planned out like, like weeks and weeks ago. In fact, again, what's really cool is just this month, uh, Warner Brothers for the entire month of June is now offering this movie because of the subject matter for free wherever you watch movies online. And not only that, but next week, Chris Singleton, uh, whose mom was shot and killed um, by Dylan Roof at the Mother Emanuel uh, AME Church downtown, here in downtown Charleston, uh, is going to be our special guest speaker. And uh, man, it's just going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss it. In fact, I want to challenge you now to start thinking about who you're going to invite to bring with you here in person. Uh, if you're not coming uh, in person, help us spread the word and invite people to watch this online because it's going to be awesome and it's going to be powerful. Again, thank you. Thank you for watching us online. Thank you for coming here. Both in person and online. It's been a great day.